Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Um, But man, here we go, vertical. And uh, we've been having a good time in our series, uh, just exploring worship. If this is your first time here, maybe you haven't caught any of the series, you can go online and check out the messages you missed. Got so much feedback from last week's message. People talking about it all week. I would encourage you to go check out that message, and hopefully it encourages you as well. But here's our goal with this series that we're in, is uh, so many of us live our life horizontally. We, we live our life looking this way, and the problem with horizontal living is there's mountains, there's valleys, there's trees, there's things that get in the way that obstruct your view, so you can't see where God intends for you to be. And so if you just focus horizontally, life can get difficult sometimes. But the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And so what we want to do as Christians is we want to get our eyes off of horizontal living and we want to get our eyes on vertical living. We want to get our eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because when we are in touch with him and when we're focused on him, he begins to take care of stuff down here for us. And we looked at that last week out of 2 Chronicles 20 about how vertical living, living a life of worship, it wins the battle that is before us. And we just need to get some worship out in front of our war and watch and see what God does. And in that passage, we talked about that we won't need to fight in this battle. We just need to position ourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of our Lord. And that was interpreted, as we looked at it last week, into, hey, let's send the worshipers out in front of the army. And because of that, they won the battle. We discovered a truth last week, and that truth is this. If we would begin to give God what is his, which is worship and praise, if we would begin to give God what is his, he would begin to take care of that which we think is ours. Okay? Remember, the battle is not ours. It is his. Position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of God. How do we do that? Through worship. And if we would begin to give God what is his, Worship and praise, living vertical, he would begin to take care of what we believe is ours, our finances, our families, our health, all of those things that he would come and he would begin to take care of those things. Right before I read Acts 16, 16 through 34, I want to read to you uh, Psalm 34. It's not going to be on the screens. You can either turn there with me or just listen to it. Psalm 34, starting in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. How many times? That's right. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Wow. So I'm going to bless him at all times and continually his praise is going to be in my mouth. Verse 2. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. How often? All the time. When? Continually. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 16. And it reads, this is Paul and Silas. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. And brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out. These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. 
And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, I love that. It gives me permission as a pastor every once in a while to be annoyed. Paul, becoming greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And I want you to notice something here. Okay, Paul and Silas are doing good things. They're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. They're going to prayer at the hour of prayer. Okay, And they're being attacked. Okay, Listen to me. As Christians, as Christ followers, we're not promised that life is going to be easy all the time. Can I get an amen? Amen. We're not promised that life is going to be dancing through meadows and Starbucks coffee in our hand instantly in the morning. Come on, somebody. Okay? But what we are promised is that we won't have to walk this life alone anymore. Amen? Christ in us. Here are Paul and Silas. Paul, one of probably the coolest dudes in the New Testament outside of Jesus. And here he is doing good things, and he is persecuted. Things are coming against him, and he gets tired of the demonic spirit, and he goes to cast it out. Now notice this, and it came out that very hour. Notice it didn't come out that very moment. It didn't come out that very minute. It didn't come out that very second. It came out that very hour, okay? I believe as Christians and Christ followers, not only do we believe that oftentimes life should just be glorious all the time and we should not encounter any conflict, but that when we do encounter the conflict and we begin to go against that conflict, that we get irritated when things don't happen right now, right? I mean, he promised me life and life more abundant. It's been 60 seconds. I gave my life to Jesus 60 seconds ago. Where's it at? Okay. Oh, we were battling this conflict, and we pray about it, and it doesn't stop right at that moment, and so then we get irritated with God. So now not only irritated with the enemy, we're now irritated with God. Okay? Here is Paul, outside of Jesus, probably one of the coolest dudes in the New Testament. I mean, this is a, he's been stoned by rocks. Not, okay? And he's still alive. He's still breathing. He's still taking territory for the kingdom of God. I mean, you think if anything's going to happen for anybody in that very moment, it would be Paul. No, it took, it took an hour or so. What about you? Don't give up too soon. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers, and when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disrupting our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. It's a bad day gone worse. And when they had been inflicted with many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in the stocks. Wow. Verse 25. About midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Everybody say vertical. Vertical. Yeah. To God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. I love it. Listen to this again. About midnight, Paul and Silas are singing, which we'll talk about that in just a minute, to God. And the prisoners were listening. But everyone's bonds were unfastened. Everyone's doors were opened. And when the jailer, verse 27, and when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Somehow, they're praying and they're singing translated into this guy's conversation. Not about their prayers, not about their singing, but what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Wow. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. He was baptized at once, he and all his family. They brought them up into the house and set food before them. Come on, somebody. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, God, you would just teach us from this passage. uh, That, Lord, you would continue to show us how we can live vertical in a horizontal culture. That you can teach us, uh, God, how to fix our eyes on you when everyone else is fixing their eyes on the temporal. And through that, God, we would not only impact our own lives, but we would impact all of those around us that are listening. And as they listen, not only would our chains be broken off, not only would our doors be open, but God, they'd be open for others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Last week we talked about how living vertical wins the battle that's before us. Today I want to talk to you in the next few moments about how living a vertical life begins to break off the chains that have us bound. Uh, Those chains could be anything. Uh, You know what they are sitting in your seat right now. You know what chains are on your life. You know what things have you bound. It could be emotional scars from the past, and so now you're chained to your past. Unable to move forward and and fully uh, uh, anticipate, articulate, and lay hold of that which Christ has for you because you're, you're chained up to your past. For some of you, that could be a relational thing. You're having a hard time uh, uh, getting into a relationship again because of a divorce or because of a a relationship that went bad, and so now you're unable to move forward. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe you've had your employer speak over you so long that you won't amount to anything more than what you're doing, and so now you feel like that's where you're at. You're stuck. You're chained there. It It could be a myriad of things. But I want you to know something, as we begin to live vertically, as we begin to get our eyes off of the horizontal, and we begin to get our eyes vertical through worship, that the chains are broken off. I believe that. 
Here's Paul and Silas, and they're going about doing good things. They're not doing bad things. They're actually doing the God thing. They're doing what God had sent them forth to do. And I want to say this one more time. Know this, that when you really hit your groove with God, when you really find that place where, man, I am moving forward with Jesus, there's going to be resistance. And resistance now comes against Paul and Silas. And resistance doesn't always happen because we're doing bad things. Okay? Let's be honest. We all know when we're doing the bad things. And I don't need to break down what bad is, okay? Just look at your neighbor. That's bad. No, I was kidding. Um, we, we all know when we're doing bad things, and we know that that's impacting our relationship with God. But oftentimes, we can be doing really good, and now resistance comes, and it's that resistance that the enemy brings that tries to keep us chained to our past or something in our past. And so here they are, and I believe this with all my heart, that if we would continue to be consumed with what God wants us to be consumed about, such as Paul and Silas, that God would continue to take care of the rest. Vertical living, God, God will take care of the rest. So now because of what takes place, people aren't happy, they take them before, they lie about them, and they get thrown into prison. But before they get thrown into prison, they get beaten, okay? So here they are now, they've been beaten with rods, uh, they're, they're probably bloody, and the command is to throw them into the prison and be watched, but they don't just get thrown into the prison, the Bible says that they got thrown into the inner prison, Okay? Now, if you study this out, you've got to understand something. It wasn't really like they created, uh, like they do today, where here's the prison, but then there's solitary confinement. It was like, here's the prison, and oh, what do we have? Oh, we have the sewer system. Let's turn that into the inner prison. Okay? So this was like that. It was like, this was bad, this was ugly. They're, they're beaten, they're bloody, and now they're in the inner prison. And for some reason, they're praying. I get that part. But they're also singing hymns. That part I don't get fully. That's the part that I want to get. That's the part we're talking about here through our vertical series. How do we get to that place that they're at? Bloody, beaten, life's kind of a bummer, thrown into the inner prison. But you know what? In that moment, I'm just going to worship Jesus. See, let's be honest with each other. It's really easy to worship Jesus when life's going really well. I got a pay raise. I love you, Jesus. Right? It's easy, you know, to do that when life's going well, you know? You finally found that man or woman of your dreams, right? Thank you, Trinika, finding the seventh wonder of the world. All right. I mean, it's easy to praise Jesus when life's good. But the real test of vertical living is is what happens when you're beaten, you're bloody, and you're thrown into the inner prison. Not for something you did wrong, but for just living right. Right? How do you continue? And so here they are, and they're in the inner prison, and they're singing, and they're praising. No one else is. No one else is singing. No one else is worshiping. No one else is doing any of that just those two but you gotta love how the bible points out the fact that all of the other prisoners were listening and i want you to know something church that the world is listening your co-workers they're listening the minute you said you went to church on sunday they're listening well what are you going to sing when 
the bad happens. What are you, you going to be doing when things aren't going perfectly? Is anybody getting anything out of this yet? They're listening. Two of them singing. Everyone's listening. And everyone's doors get to be open. You have the ability to change the atmosphere around you by the worship that comes forth from you. You have the ability to impact not just the people, but literally the atmosphere to where not only are your chains coming off, but their chains are coming off. Their, their prison doors are being opened because of the way you choose to praise. About midnight, about midnight, about midnight. Not quite midnight, about midnight. How do they know it was midnight? Because midnight is the darkest point of the day. Right before it gets light, dark. And so writing in, in, in retrospect, they remember back, it was really dark. We were in the inner prison. We are beaten, we are bloody. And here we are. And at that moment, now listen to what it says. It says that they were praying and singing hymns. At midnight, their prayer for help, God rescue us, went to praise for deliverance. It went literally from, God, would you help us get out of this too? God, thank you for getting us out of this. And we're going to look at that in a minute. Because it says they were singing hymns. And these, sing, these, these hymns that they were singing denote, denote joy. They were, they were actually happy. They were joyous. They were celebrating the fact that they're already delivered, yet they're not. They went from praying, help, to praising for the fact that they've already been delivered. That's pretty powerful. And so when I think back about that moment, I think about Paul and Silas and their conversation, and maybe their conversation went something like, like this. Hey, Silas. Yeah, Paul? I should try to change my voice a little bit, right? Yeah, Paul? You know, I've been thinking that we just need to do something right now. Like what, Paul? Well, you know, I was thinking back to um, what everyone in the future is going to know as Psalm 34. <laughs> and it talks about how we should, we, should, we should praise him all the time. What do you mean by that, Paul? Well, I mean like continually all the time. His praise should be on our lips and and really right now, that's not what I'm feeling, but I'm, I'm thinking that maybe we could, like, if we could just think of a song, then, then maybe, we could, um, maybe we could sing it together. Paul, if you heard my voice. Yeah, but it's not really about your voice, Silas. It's about, like, if we could just get to that place of, of vertical living, because there's going to be, like, this pastor in the future that's going to be awesome, and he's going to preach a message, and I think this would fit right into that moment, so we should help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't know, do you have, do you have any, like, songs on your heart right now, Silas? Uh, yeah, I got one we used to sing around the campfire, it kind of goes a little bit like this, we could, we could probably sing it, um, see if I can remember it, um, Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. I don't remember the rest of the words, so we'll just sing that over and over. 
You're right, Silas, you can't sing. <laughs> um, I, was, I, was thinking, I was thinking of something maybe a little more, I don't know, maybe something a little more upbeat, you know? Like, I don't know, do you got another one? Um, well, there's this one that they'll probably sing at that one church where the really cool pastor preaches at. Um, something about an army rising up and chains breaking off. Let's see if I remember it. Um, there's an army. You're right, you can't sing, Silas. Silas, I'm, I don't know. You know, there's this one group a while back that I really liked. We used to listen to. Um, uh, they had like the first name, last name thing, Mary Mary. And the song went something like, Break the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise him. You guys don't know that? Oh, you know that one, huh? Shannon about stood up. She was like, Alan was next to her going, come on. I saw the shoulder going. And at that moment, something happened inside of them where their prayer for deliverance, something in that moment, I don't know if it was something they remembered or something they were talking about, began to turn towards the Bible, says singing hymns. And it was joyful, and it was exciting, and it was exuberant. And literally, if you study out this passage, you, you, you see that the, what they were singing was the Pascal hymns that they sung in Matthew 26, verse 30, when they were sitting around eating the Last Supper, and they all sang a hymn together. Same thing going on here in prison. And these songs were songs of joy. They were songs of celebration, specifically known as the Hallel Psalms. What were the Hallel Psalms? Psalm 113 through 118. The Hallel Psalms. Psalm 113. It talks about the unique greatness of God. We're in prison. Life's not going good right now. We've been beaten, we're bloody, we're in the inner prison. And what do they begin to do? They begin to quote or sing the unique greatness of God, Psalm 113. Psalm 114 talks about the wonders of the Exodus and how God brought out and protected the children of Israel as they, they, they came out of exile. Psalm 115 talks about God's name would be honored. How is God's name going to be honored in this? And they begin to worship and begin to sing hymns, the Hallels. God's name would be honored. Psalm 116, thanksgiving for deliverance from death. Now listen to me. This was not a prayer that, God, you would do this. This was a praise, thank you, God, that you've already done this. As I'm sitting in my prison, as I've been beaten, as I'm bloody, as I'm shackled, listen to me. They're not just loose walking around. They are shackled in the inner prison. There they are, and they are singing about how God has already delivered them from death. Psalm 117, a shout of praise. Psalm 118, thanksgiving for deliverance. And the, they begin to hallel in that moment. 
They move from God save us to God thank you for saving me. They begin to change their prayer for God deliver me to thank you that you've delivered me. They, they went from that moment of God, I, I really believe you're awesome and you can do this to God, you're so awesome, you've done this already. They begin to hallel. They begin to change what was coming out of their mouth. They begin to change what was taking place in that moment. And as they begin to hallel, the Bible says that the earth began to shake. And all of their doors were opened. And all their chains broke off. Not just for them. See, I get it if it was just for them. But for everybody else, how does that work? It works because the Bible says in the book of Acts that the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. And so when Paul and Silas began to sing and begin to worship, God began to get a little bit excited and he began to tap his foot. And as he began to tap his foot, the earth began to shake. And not only were their chains broken up, but everybody's chains were broken off because of the Hallel, because of the praise that was coming out of them in that moment. What happens when you Hallel? When you Hallel, you are praising him for something that has already been done. You are praising him as if it already has taken place. You are praising him as if, you know what, the business deal, it's already happened. You know what, my daughter, she's already walking right with Jesus. You know what, my marriage, man, it's already an amazing marriage, and we have 17 children, come on, in a dog named Spot. Hmm. When you begin to hallel, you are praising him with the understanding that, devil, you messed with the wrong person this time, because I got a God who's seated in heaven, and this earth here, this is just his footstool, and when he begins to hear my praise... Something is going to begin to happen. What about you? What about where you're at today? Now, maybe you're not beaten, at least not physically. But maybe there's some areas where you feel beaten by the enemy. Where, where has he got you beat? What lies has he been telling you? Where has he been frustrating you, manipulating you? Where, where, where have you been beaten by the enemy? No, maybe not bloody. Clearly not in prison today. But here you are, and you feel like there's some areas of your life that have been chained. Where do you feel bound? Where do you feel chained? When you begin to hallel, number one, it unlocks your doors and breaks off your chains. When you begin to hallel, you're living life vertical. Because your eyes aren't on your situation, your eyes are on God, and hey, in God it's already been taken care of. And it unlocks your chains and opens up your doors. What chains need to be broken off you today? What doors need to be opened for you today? Maybe you need to shift your prayer to praise. Number two, what happens when you hallel? What happens when you live life vertical? Number two, it unlocks others' doors. And breaks off their chains. 
See, sometimes, sometimes I don't just worship for me. Sometimes I worship for you. Sometimes I worship. Now, worship's always going to God, but my worship sometimes. See, when I, when I come in on a, on a Sunday morning, I, I love to worship. I love it. Man, I, I lift my hands. I, I try to dance. Like I said before, when I come up here, right before I come on stage, I really go for it behind that curtain where you can't see me. You asked my wife, she came up here the other day, and she tried to cut in. I was like, no, I'm dancing with Jesus right now. I just, I just love, I love to worship. I love to worship. But sometimes your worship is breaking off somebody else's chains that's sitting next to you. Unlocks your door, breaks off your chains. It's awesome. But it does it for others as well. Lastly, it brings the hope, salvation to people and their whole household. It brings the hope of salvation to people and their whole household. It doesn't bring salvation. He's the one that brings salvation. But when you begin to worship, it brings the hope of salvation to people in their whole household. The jailer wasn't the only one that got saved. His whole household got saved. But yet his whole household wasn't there to experience it. See, I, I believe with all my heart there's some, so, so much significance even in that portion right there. The dad got saved. The whole household got saved. We need more dudes in church. Come on, we need more men that aren't afraid to lift their hands and sing and worship and praise in spite of their circumstance. Man. We get that, we can win our city. We get some dudes that are excited about Jesus. Can I be honest with you? And I know this to be true because that's how I got so blessed with my wife. There is nothing more attractive than, than a man who is submitted and passionate about Jesus Christ. Nothing more attractive. Ladies, that would have been an awesome place to say amen. <laughs> Help me out, church. Some of the ladies are like, well, I didn't want to say amen because my man isn't, and I don't want him to get upset with me. Well, we'll save that for June. All right. It brings the hope of salvation. It brings the hope of salvation. When people look at you in your circumstance, in your junk, in your stuff, beaten bloody in the inner prison, it looks like you're going to die. You're shackled and chained, but you begin to hallel. I want that. When you begin to hallel, it brings freedom to you, and it brings freedom to those around you. God, we thank you so much for your word today. I thank you that your word is awesome your word is so amazing. Your word is powerful. But I thank you that right now in Jesus' mighty name, as our eyes are getting off the horizontal and are getting on the vertical, chains are breaking off right now. Doors are beginning to be opened. 
Breakthrough is taking place. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want you to hear me. This is not just a a build me up, feel good message. But listen to me. If you really get in the Bible, you will get built up and feel good every time. And that's what we try to do here this morning is to say, hey, here's the Bible. Here's two guys in prison. But they didn't let their circumstance depict their praise. Instead, they decided to praise, and their praise changed their circumstance. Hallelujah. 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 There's some people in here today, and I feel this. I felt it at the very beginning of my message. There's some people in here. You are chained by emotional scars from the past. You are chained up. You are bound to something that has happened to you, and you're chained. I really feel in my my heart that it's not even something you did, but it's something that happened to you, much like Paul and Silas doing good things. And the enemy came. But I really feel there's some people in here that there are some emotional scars. You are chained up emotionally. And it has not allowed you to experience the full freedom in Christ. It has not allowed you to experience, man, the life and the life abundant. But there's freedom for you here this morning. There's freedom for you here this morning. There's freedom for you here this morning. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.